parsley. Listen, okay. So we don't do this often, but I think that uh, this morning is a, a good opportunity for it. Um, you didn't know, but coming to church on January 1st, the first day of the year, um, you're going to get a free massage by the person sitting next to you. So everyone turn to your right. Everyone turn to your right. And then give, your, give the person on the side of you a massage. Tell them congratulations for coming to church. Congratulations. Wake up. This is your reward for coming to church. Now turn to the left. Turn to the left and you can... You can return the favor, get the person to wake up. Are you guys up? Tell the person next to you, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Uh, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible Church. Happy New Year, 2023. Um, the past several years have been an ordeal, and God is in the process of shaking everything that can be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And how many of you feel that you are more grounded in your walk with the Lord, more stable in your relationship with Christ than you've ever been before? How many can honestly say that? And one of the reasons why is because of the shaking that happens and things that are shakable, he's shaking off of, of our lives. One of the, the main mission of, of the church is to know God and make him known, to be a disciple and to make a disciple. Three different relationships that constitute being a disciple because everybody throws that term around, disciple, you know, all over the place. But it comes down to three different relationships. If we are truly disciples, we're going to first have a relationship with God. Second is a relationship with believers. And third is a relationship with people who don't know him to help them to know Christ better. So three relationships, one with God, one with believers, and one with people who don't yet know who he is. So that starts every single year as the mission of the church is to know God more, love other people that know Christ more, and love people who don't know Christ more. And that's the way that we start every single year. This year is no different. But what I want to do is kind of reflect on the past year in these three key relationships that make up uh, being called a disciple. So let's read this scripture together. Um, this is, and what I want to do is focus our attention on the one assignment that God has given us to be a disciple and make a disciple uh, for 2023. Can we read Philippians 3, 12 through 14? And the context of this scripture is Paul, the apostle, he is in prison. He was a very, um, he, he was a very known Pharisee of the day. He was a descendant of Benjamin, of the stock of Benjamin, as they would call. Uh, he was one of the, the most uh, zealous Pharisees known at that time, so much so that he was persecuting Christians because they believed that Christians were against the Jewish faith. And so he was imprisoned. He was in Rome. And in prison, instead of being bitter and instead of forsaking his faith and instead of saying, God, I did all this stuff for you, what's going on? He digs more into his faith. He loves the church more, writes letters to the church, and he becomes more focused in the call 
that God has for him. And I think that's our story here is like we've all gone through different shakings. We've all gone through different challenges. And in those challenges, the reason why you are here on a Sunday morning at 9.30 when you could be in bed is because in that shaking and in the challenges, your roots have gone down deeper and you're stronger in your faith. Amen? And so we're going to read this scripture together. This is written by Paul as he's in prison and he's writing to the Philippian church, a church that he planted, and he's encouraging them. His focus is on, in, on encouraging someone else while he himself is in prison. Um, let's, let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Right, let's stop right there. So what Paul is saying is I haven't attained the, the full measure of what God created me for. And I'm still on purpose, on mission to accomplish what God apprehended me for. Every single one of our lives, when God saved you and he called you into his kingdom, he didn't just call you into his kingdom to know him and then go to heaven. There's a purpose and a plan and a destiny for every single one of our lives. And knowing him is a part of it, but then he calls us to make him known. And Paul is saying, I am still in the process of pressing toward that mark. I haven't obtained it yet, but Christ grabbed me so that I could grab other people. I could take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Uh, let's continue. One, two, three. But one thing, everyone say one thing. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward that which is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you have called every single one of us, that you have apprehended us, you've taken hold of our lives. It's not because we're good or we chose you, but you broke through into our lives in times when we didn't expect it. Uh, even even in, in revealing yourself to us, Lord, you did it in sovereign ways that nothing else could have done it. And Lord, we come before you humbled that you would choose us for such a time as this, and God, even as Paul, as he was in prison, penned these words and he said that he forgets what was behind and he's pressing on to what is before us. God, we pray that you would work that same conviction in our hearts, that we would never settle, that we would never uh, become relaxed in our walk with you, but that we would learn to press into you and also to, to the things that you have for us. We thank you for what you did in 2022, but we look forward in anticipation and in hope and in faith of what you're going to do in our lives in 2023 and beyond. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So three main th relationships that God wants us to press into, following Christ, fellowshipping with believers, and fishing for unbelievers. That first uh, point of following Christ, let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When it, every time I read the scripture in the past, I always thought that forgetting the things that be, were behind were forgetting the things that were bad. How many of you read that scripture like that? I'm forgetting all the bad stuff behind and I'm pressing forward to the good things ahead. How many of you read 
that scripture like that. I've always read that scripture like that. But do you know the context of the scripture is that he's talking about very good things in his life, things that he worked for his entire life, his status, his prestige, his accomplishments, his reputation in the community, everything that he had, his freedom, and now he's in prison. So is he in a better place or a worse place? He's in a worse place. He's lost everything. And, and I was writing out all the things that he lost. He lost his accomplishments of being a Pharisee because when he confessed that Jesus is Christ, he could no longer be in the Pharisee circles. So he worked really hard. That was a huge accomplishment, and he lost that. He had status in the Jewish community. And once he said that Jesus was the Christ, he lost all his status among his fellow believers or his fellow Jewish people. Uh, he lost his reputation, and then he lost his comfort. He went from having status, accomplishments, recognition, to all of a sudden being in prison. So I wrote all those things down, and I was like, hey, accomplishments, status, reputation, comfort. I can rearrange those words and, and, and make it spell cars. He gave up his cars. Just for me to remember, he, he gave up his comfort, he gave up his accomplishments, his reputation, his status. He gave up all his cars for, for the sake of the gospel. And all of these things, he's saying, I'm forgetting those things that are behind. And I'm pressing forward to the things that God has for me in the future. And it wasn't bad things. Those were all things that he was striving to attain. But he left all those things behind. And he says, I count them as dung. I count them as dung, D-U-N-G. And like we read that and we're like, that's a nice whitewashed Christian, you know, I count them as dung. But in, 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 in the scripture, he's saying like, all those things that I strive for, all my accomplishments, my comfort, I count it as crap. There's another word for it, but I won't say it over the pulpit. <laughs> but he's saying all those things that were good, are nothing compared to what Christ has for me. I press forward to better things. I'm leaving good things behind. I'm pressing forward to better things. And all of us can look at different things in the past few years that maybe we lost that were good. And, and we can look at those things that we lost that were good with a sense of mourning, a sense of grief, a sense of loss. But the way that Paul looked at it, he said, I'm leaving those things behind. I count them as dung. There's something more that God has for me. And that's the attitude. And he says, this is what Christ won me for. He won me for something better, for a purpose that's greater. And so for all of our lives, no matter what we lost, no matter what relationships have, have come under stress, maybe some of us have even lost loved ones during COVID, no matter if we've lost jobs, no matter if we've lost status, reputation, whatever it is that we've lost, Paul says, I, I don't look behind me. I'm forgetting those things behind me, and I'm pushing forward to what God has in store. Amen? So following Christ, you cannot hold on to the past and follow Christ. Our first, our first uh, assignment, being a disciple, is to follow Christ. And it's impossible to follow him into the future while we're holding on to the past. And so the first thing that Paul says is, this one thing I do, forgetting. 
I'm leaving behind the things of the past, even though they were good, even though I loved them, even though they were something that I pursued, I'm letting them go. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I'm giving up my cars. I'm giving up my cars to follow Christ and focusing. Um, the number two thing, the number two relationship, so forgetting the past, focusing on Christ, the number two, and that's hard. And, and when, when you leave today, take some time to think about what are the things that you have mourned? What are the things that you felt you lost? What are some of the things that were good, but that God maybe has pruned from your life because he has something better? Everyone say better. He has something better in store for you. Amen? Amen. And he wants us to let those things go. Number two, fellowship with believers. Fellowship with believers. Let's read the scripture together. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. The count of three, one, two, three. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I want you to circle consider one another. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let's continue. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. I just want to encourage you. There's a couple things in here that I could spend some time on. But one of the things that, that, um, that I've been meditating on is this, um, <laughs> I'm looking for somebody that I'm going to talk about, but I'm not going to say their name. This person hadn't come to church for a pretty long time, and, uh, and you know, no judgment or whatever. There's reasons. I was, I was talking to this person outside, and, um, and this person told me, man, I guess I have to come back to church. And I was like, why? She goes, because I know God wants me here. And she goes, she, I just, I was trying so hard to keep it, you know. Anyway, yeah, she, told, she said, I just loved watching online. I love being in my massage chair with my coffee, <laughs> watching the sermon. But it is so much better in person. And I was like, God bless you. I wish I could preach from a massage chair. <laughs> But I was thinking about this as the story of Cain and Abel. The story of Cain and Abel is that Cain and Abel, they both brought offerings to the Lord. And it said that Abel brought the best of the flock. And then it said that Cain brought uh, some things from his crop. So Abel brought from his flock the best. Everyone say the best. And it said that Cain brought an offering from his crop. And it didn't say that he brought the best. It said that he just brought some stuff. And it said that God honored Cain, uh, Abel's, but did not honor Cain's. And, and what God told Cain is he said, why are you concerned about Abel? Because it said that God honored his offering, and fire fell from heaven, and God accepted that offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering. So Cain got jealous. How many of you have ever, don't, yeah, don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever gotten jealous because God blessed someone else and didn't bless you? And what God told Cain is he said, 
don't worry about him. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Don't worry about the other person. He said, if you do well, if your offering is the best, if your offering is worthy of God, will not your offering be accepted? And then he says this. He says, but if it's not, then sin lies at the door. And when I read that, I was like, the protection from sin in our lives is an offering that's worthy of our creator. When we give our best to God, it protects us from falling into sin. Whether it's our time, our talent, our treasure, when we give to him what's worthy, there's a fire, a passion that falls in our hearts for God and for the things of God that keeps us from sinning. Where our treasure is, there our heart is also. But if we don't give God our best, then sin lies at the door. So I just want to, as a pastor of this church, those that are watching online, God bless you. In your massage chair with your coffee, that's great. But you want to give God your best. And what scripture teaches us is to invest in relationships with other people, to make an intentional decision not just to try to do this thing alone with you and God, but consider one another to provoke one another to good works. And so there's a power of, of getting together with other believers. How many of you have someone in your life that whenever you're with, you're better? That whenever you're with, your faith gets stronger? Whenever you hear stories and you hear how they respond to challenges in your life, in their life, that it makes you want to be better. We all have people like that. And in 2023, the challenge is not just that we pursue God with all of our hearts and give him the best offering, but consider one another. Who are those people in our lives that keep us on the right track, that encourage us, that strengthen our faith, and give ourselves to those relationships? Be intentional about being deeper in those relationships. Amen? I'm going to call Jerry. Could you guys give a hand for Jerry? He, he's the top dog at Maui News. If, <laughs> he's, he handles all the printing there. And uh, he has been such a huge blessing to our church. And uh, every week he comes to our staff meetings and totally on a volunteer basis. He just loves, I don't know why, he loves us, loves the church. And, and he's given his time and his talent and his treasure to, to make this church a better place. And he has uh, also, in just the past couple months, uh, taken on the, um, the small group leaders uh, to help resource them and uh, to, to help the small groups become a, a little bit better. So um, I asked him to share what are some of the things that, why, why he's passionate about small groups. He's been running a small group for the past 10, 10 years um, uh, with a group of guys and seeing them all grow in the Lord. So uh, could you guys give a hand for Jerry? <clears throat> yeah, um, I'll, it's going to be short and brief. So uh, since John even asked me about 10 minutes ago to talk today. So um, um, yeah, I just the small groups, I think anybody that's involved with them knows the importance of uh, leaning on one another and sharing with another that goes on. I mean, we all go through situations during our lives that are just, you know, we all go through things that God blesses us with, which is going to bring us better stuff, but 
we can share that with one another and help the growth process. Um, I had a guy that came into group about 10, 11 years ago, and he um, started out, didn't want to pray out loud, and just kind of pulled back a little bit. Over the years, his growth, he started recognizing situations with other members that he's gone through. He's able to share that with them, encourage them, and it, it, it brought him out of his own shell because he didn't feel that he was a leader or anything, you know, like, I'm just another guy in, in the congregation. But God put things in his life that allowed him to, to help the other person and just grab onto that leadership goal, help him grow in Christ and him in confidence. And um, just to watch him over the years, he um, recently left our church, moved to the mainland, but uh, he is ready to start his own group in the mainland. You know, he's ready to step out and take leadership role where he wasn't capable of doing it. It's just a growth process that... Um, Having fellow Christians around helps you, encourages you, and grows you. I wouldn't be up here right now if I wouldn't have been in groups for all these years. I can usually, the small group is my niche because I don't mind talking to three or four people. So this is a little different. So, But the small groups that you just, the growth that you get, the encouragement you get, you're getting advice from fellow Christians. And they're going to tell you the truth. Whether you want to hear it or not, you're going to get the truth that's going to help your family, your relationships, your workplace. It's amazing having believers around that that can actually help you step up your game so it's um like i said i'll keep it short because I wasn't prepared for this but <laughs> thank you all thank you jerry what what uh, i was we did us every morning or we try to do soaps every morning with my family and this past week one of the soaps was um to that kisses from an enemy are or wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy and uh, one of the things I told my kids was that you have three people in your life. You have your fans that will only tell you the good. You have your foes that will always tell you the negative. Like there's nothing that you can do to, uh, to please them. And then you have your true friends. And as believers, I could not grow in my walk without having my band of small group brothers that I'm constantly getting sharpened by. And Every single week, I grow. Hearing what they go through, hearing the challenges, and how they step up to these challenges in a way that honors Christ, it, it really makes me humbled. And I think, like, wow, we have such amazing people in this church. And, and um, yeah, I, I want to encourage you to, to one of the things, uh, Cleansing Stream was such a blessing. How many of you felt Cleansing Stream was a blessing to our church this past year? And the reason why... Two, two different groups that existed. One was our intercessors that were praying for Cleansing Stream uh, very fervently for months before we went into Cleansing Stream. The other type of group was, was the groups that were meeting after church, and everybody was growing in their faith. They were praying for each other. They were discussing what was happening uh, in, from those topics. And so when we all went into Cleansing Stream from being in small groups, everybody's growth just like skyrocketed. You could feel just the solidness of the church because of small groups. So we want to encourage you, continue being intentional with your fellowship with, with believers. Consider one another. Everyone say consider one another. And then the last thing, the last thing, number three, is fish for unbelievers. Fish for people who don't know Christ. Uh, let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the seas, and they were fishermen. 
Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Our first thing is to follow Jesus, but if we follow him, what's going to happen? He's going to make us what? Fishers of men. And God said fishers of men because that was their passion, that was their talent, that was what they enjoyed doing. And he said, I'm going to take the skill that you have in being a fisherman, and I'm going to, I'm going to make you, I'm going to shape, I'm going to mold you into somebody who takes those passions, those skills, and uses them for an eternal mission, an eternal benefit. And um, it's so cool. Like uh, I've, Jeff has um, invited me over to uh, his stomping ground. Uh, he, he manages a hotel, runs the whole thing. And, uh, and so I've gone with him. And one of the things that he does is he's like shares the gospel and talks to people about God and invites them to church. And he uses the passion and the talent and the, uh, the brains that God has given him. He's really a, a, a genius. Like if you look at him, he... <laughs> But he uses the gifts that God has given him to influence and impact others. And he'll always say, like, I'm not a Christian at work. I'm yelling at all my people. And, but he's constantly always telling them about the Lord, too. And then whenever I go, he's like, hey, you, come here, come here. This is my pastor. Hey, you, come here, come here. Hey, I want to introduce you to my pastor. And he, he does that through the whole hotel. So um, I, want, I want to ask uh, my dad to come up. His passion, if you don't know, his passion is tennis. He loves tennis, and every year on his birthday, the only thing he asks of us as his family is to go play tennis with him because he is 78, year, 78 years old. He's almost 80 years old, and every year, the birthday present that we give him is to go play tennis with him because he knows he can beat us, and it makes him feel good about himself to beat his sons to beat his sons at an athletic activity when he's 25 years older than, than us. And 30 years older. And, and what he does is he invites my mom. It's the only time she ever comes to the tennis courts is this one day out of the year. And he has her videotape the whole thing <laughs> so that he can relive it for days after. So, um, but he's taken this passion and he's used it to reach people, to be fishers of men. Um, can you welcome Pastor Eddie? I don't know if you realize this, but when you come to Christ and give your life to Him, two years after you become a Christian, most Christians lose the contacts that they have with non-believers and the influence that they have. And I was, I don't know how many years ago, I was looking at my life that I was so involved with the church so involved with activities, ministry, that I had no contact outside. And I had to intentionally, because the call of God is for every single one of us to be able to influence somebody else who doesn't know Jesus Christ or is unchurched. And how do we do that? You know, without the connections that we have outside of the walls of the church and outside of the fellowship, you know, it's important to have fellowship with God. It's important to have fellowship with one another, but there needs to be a way that we connect with those who don't know the Lord and are not churched. And so 
there were two things that I got involved with years ago when I realized that. And one of the things that I realized I enjoy was tennis. And so I intentionally got involved in playing tennis. And I, I, as I got involved in it, I really, really enjoyed it. I, it would take my, my time, but the time would just fly by. How many of you get involved in activities and time just flies by when you're doing it? You know, it just, it just, you just realize, wow, there's, that's hours of my time, you know? And that is because there's a passion in your life. And it, it can be uh, uh, some type of service activity. It can be a craft. It can be a career. It can be something in finances. It can be something in sports. It can be all kinds of things. And I, I found that I started really enjoying tennis. And so I would go out and play with people. And this is my contact. And for most people, they know me as a pastor. So I don't even uh, mention uh, church. I don't mention Christ. I just, I just enjoy playing with people. And I am surprised at the fruit that comes from it. I, I don't know whether you know this or not, but um, our preschool is a Montessori preschool. And the main person that took our preschool from a babysitting preschool to a Montessori preschool was a young girl who I met on the tennis court because I played with her mom and dad tennis. And one morning while I was playing with them, the mom came to me and said, um, uh, my daughter this morning got up, looked at me, and asked me how she could know God. Just out of the blue. She said, I don't know what to say to her. Can you talk with her? And she was in high school. Camel was in high school. And uh, so I sat out for the game, sat down with Kama, and I said, Kama, this is how you come to know God. And I presented the way to salvation, and right on the tennis court, Kama gave her heart to Christ. <laughs> Not realizing that five, six, seven years later, she was going to go to college, get her uh, education degree in Montessori training, come back and be the teacher, the preschool teacher that would do this. Uh, <clears throat> this, past, this past year, I was really enjoying playing singles with Sabi. And this is Sabi. Some, can you say hello to everybody? And so he and I were alone on the court just playing. And I thought, uh, we should we should widen the circle, and um, so I kind of hounded Pastor Lance to play, and then my brother-in-law Byron, who hadn't played for years, and Doug Ige, if you're listening on uh, Zoom this morning, and I went out and played singles with them, you know, just drilling with them because they didn't feel like they could play games, and for months, and all of a sudden this. This past year in January, after months in 2021, they started coming out. And so we had a group of guys playing, and other guys started joining us. And Patty, who is Sabi's wife, uh, when she, 10 years ago, she wanted to play tennis. And he took her out to play tennis. This is 
his, her story. Maybe she can share with you a little bit about that sometime. But uh, she got winded after five or ten minutes and couldn't play. She was so tired, and Sabi told me, he looked at her and thought, there's some kind of physical disability with my wife. Yeah. And um, today, she's one of the best players. Ten years later, she's one of the best players that, that we have playing with us. Uh, she and I think Andrea or somebody else decided that they're going to have a fun time with Jaden and Jackson as they were ready to go to school during the summer and decided to do a round robin. You know, if you don't know what that is, it's a, um, it's a competition with uh, uh, teams and to see who would win with uh, doubles, tennis doubles. And we had a really great time. <clears throat> when Christmas came along, or just a few months before Christmas, I just was praying and thinking, it would really be good to get all the guys, and there's about eight or 10, 12 guys, and about eight or 10 ladies that play on the side of us. And I said, it would be really great if we could just do something together for Christmas. And so we decided on a Christmas party, round robin competition. And all the while I'm thinking, how can we present Jesus to everybody? Because I didn't want it just to be a fun time without presenting Jesus to them. And I don't like pushing my faith on people because they already know who I am. And if I got up and said, um, I want to share with you my testimony on the basis of having all this activity, it would be, for some people, it could be really uncomfortable. You know, so I asked Robin to pray for us. Yeah, here's Robin. And I said that I'd have wisdom to know how to do this. And so we had the competition. And uh, before the competition, I was thinking, how can we do this to make it as uh, natural as possible? So into my mind comes this thought that whoever wins the first place, the second place, and then we decided to uh, honor the last place winners. That I was going to ask them two questions, and I wouldn't share anything myself. I would just ask them two questions. And I said, Lord, let the people who win or lose be the ones that can answer these questions well. The first question was, why do you love tennis? And the second question was, what does Christmas mean to you? And it was really interesting because almost every single person that got a prize were Christians. And they shared their faith. In fact, Pastor Lance was really interesting. <laughs> he, won, he won second place, and he's telling everybody about it. You know, he's so proud about his win. He should be proud. Yeah, why don't we give him a... Honor that. And um, he talked about how he loved tennis, and he wouldn't say anything about Christmas. He was ready to just sit down. And I said, um, can, can you tell us why you love Christmas? And he stood up, and he said, I really like Christmas, and started crying in front of everybody. 
And he couldn't say anything, and he just sat down. <laughs> I thought, what a powerful, that is a powerful testimony, right? <laughs> and then, before the event, I thought, I can share my testimony without my words. By giving them our 40th anniversary book, The Legacy of Grace in Maui. Just a small little book, maybe 80 pages, with my story, Susan's story, and a story of a lot of people in this church. And so I took 16 of those books and gave it to every single person that came out. I've already gotten responses from different ones that have read through it. That were, that's really, really positive. And this past week, it was, uh, and this is really interesting. I thought to myself, everybody who's playing tennis with us, and I believe, I'm 78 years old, I believe that I can live to 100 God's grace on my life as healthy as I am right now, destroying the myth that aging with frailty is part of what to expect as you get older. I don't believe that. And I was thinking about all of this, and the people who had won the competition, the guy who came in first was an 82-year-old guy. His name is Gary. <laughs> he came in first with a lady by the name of Cora. And I thought, and uh, I was surprised this morning as... I was standing on the balcony of the office that Joe is one of the guys that played tennis with us, brought his neighbor, Melinda, to church. And Melinda's, this is the first time Melinda is in church here. And so, can you raise your hand, Melinda? This is Melinda. <laughs> and I believe that God can use whatever passion you have Whatever you enjoy, whatever you love, if you can find a way to use that and use it as a platform to not push your faith but share your faith. And, and, and I'm really surprised. There's guys that will just come up to me after they play once with us, and they say, can, can I come back again and play again with you guys? I said, oh, you've got another group you can play with. I said, no, I just really like playing with you. <laughs> and I believe that there there is a beauty and an attractiveness when you have Christ in your life in whatever you do that attracts people. And you can honor God through your life without even saying a word. I mean, there's guys who walk into this church that I play tennis with. I invite them to church, and they're surprised that they see me up in the platform. You know, they walk in and say, oh, you're the pastor of the church. So I believe that God wants to use us as an influence, we can use that with wisdom, and we can use that with love, and use that with passion, we can use that with prayer to touch many, many hearts and many lives. That's so awesome. With that, not this week, but next week, we're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to open up uh, 2023 with a week of seeking God, and the information is in your bulletin. Um, it's going to be a great time where we can 
seek God and then pray for those that don't know him and then be intentional about our relationships with one another. How many of you are looking forward to 2023? Amen. Why don't we just, we'll close, we'll close in a word of prayer. Um, this is the first service, the first day of the new year. So why don't we all stand and we'll give, uh, give God an offering that's worth, worthy of him. Um, you just close your eyes, bow your hearts, bow your heads. Just in an act of surrender, a heart of surrender, just between you and God, just present yourself to him. If you can just push out every other thought, every other concern, just in this, in this space. And just tell God, God, I want 2023 to be a year that I forget everything that lies behind. I push forward toward the prize of what you have in store for me. Just tell the Lord that I surrender to you and I want to first pursue my relationship with you. That you are the most important thing in my life. And then think of one relationship, one relationship, somebody who knows Christ, somebody who has influenced you, somebody that when you're around spiritually, it makes you stronger. And just make a mental decision in your heart right now, a covenant to be intentional about deepening that relationship. And if if, it, if God opens the door to start a group with that person where other people can grow in their faith as well. And then think of one person that through your passion, the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that God has gifted you with, one person that you believe God has placed you in their lives to bring closer to him in 2023. That each one can reach one this year for Christ. Let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you've called us into your kingdom and that you are drawing us closer to yourself and that you're drawing us closer to yourself so that we can strengthen one another in this church but also impact our community, that there's a community that needs you, a community that is longing for eternity, truth that lasts in eternity. And God, I just pray that you would use every single one of us in 2023 to be an influence on Maui with our family, our friends, that we would deepen our relationship with the lost, but that that would be a result of our deepening relationship with you and with other believers. We thank you, Lord, for calling us into your kingdom for such a time as this. Bless each person as we Spend our first week in 2023. Thank you for your faithfulness in the past. Thank you for pruning those things off of our lives, those relationships, those material things, the accomplishments, the status, 
the reputations, the different things that we pursued. God, thank you for, for peeling some of those things off so that we can pursue the things that you have for us in the future. We surrender our lives to you. Use us for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Tell the person that next to you have a happy new year and give God your cars. <laughs>